my friends. Welcome to the podcast. For today's episode, I have an inspiring, very passionate, and wonderful guest for you. We will be talking mental health, confidence, starting a business, and so much more. So that being said, I'm so excited to introduce Georgia Holiday with the Bad Bitch Collective podcast. <laughs> Georgia, thank you so much for taking the time with me today and taking time to inspire my listeners. I would love for you to introduce yourself and just let us into your world and your story. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I'm Georgia, like you kindly just said. Um, I am a confidence coach for women, really diving into boundaries, unpacking people pleasing, obviously building confidence, which comes from our self-worth and self-trust. So those are like the main kind of focuses of my coaching with women. Um, and I love it. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's honestly just like the dream being able to connect and work with women in these ways that it's a journey I've been on myself going from, you know, being really low with my confidence, my self-esteem, my self-worth, really struggling with, you know, mental health, mental illness, all these different kinds of things and being able to work through and do all the things and the hard stuff and the inner work and then be able to help other people with that. That is just like so rewarding for me and I love it. Um, and there's also other elements to my business as well. So I also do personal training, but it's not kind of like your standard personal training. So it's, I'm what you'd call a weight neutral personal trainer. So I don't weigh my clients. We don't do measurements. We don't do before and after photos. So it's quite kind of, um, like different for a personal trainer. You don't think that when you think personal trainer, but I'm very anti-diet culture. I'm very much focusing on the confidence of it, using movement to support your life rather than making it an obsession, making it something that's really unhealthy. Like we can experience joy when we're moving as long as we're doing things that feel good and that we're not kind of like um, being pulled into this diet culture world that just makes us feel rubbish about ourselves right it's so interesting um and it absolutely makes sense that you mentioned that because I've done like personal training not I have not trained but I've had personal trainers and every time they weighed me or took pictures it was so triggering I was like like I was like that does not motivate me if anything I think it demotivates me I don't right. want that <laughs> 100%. And what I found was because I started with the standard personal training, because that's just what you're taught. Like when you do your qualifications, that's what you're taught. And then when I like sh shifted in that, in how I, you know, my personal growth and then applying that to my business, I was really nervous. I was like, I'm going to lose all my clients. It's going to be awful. But they were so like relieved. Like you said, they were like, oh my God, we don't have to weigh myself. I don't have to feel like crap every time I step on the scales or whatever. And we really worked more on their mindset as well. And the personal training is actually what came first for me. And then I sort of moved into the coaching as well. It just, it felt like I was PTing, but we were just doing a bit of movement and then having like a session, you know, like talking and all these kind of things. So it's so much deeper than that. So that's so much fun for me. What a cool pivot though. That is so awesome that you recognize there's like a need for your customers and you were like, this isn't the standard. I'm going to do it the way that I think they need it. Like, that's awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Because like I said, not really many people, well, in my area anyway, are doing that, you know? So it was kind of scary, but that's what running a business is <laughs> taking risks. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I do that and I love it. I can see. So what I'm getting, if we were to like summarize this, you just have this passion for helping people, both fitness, mental. Massive. Yeah. And have you like, always that been is... that way? Yeah, I think, I think so. I think as I've come more into my own, like, and by that, I mean, as I feel more confident in myself, in who I am, knowing who I am, understanding what is important to me, because I think, a lot of the time people don't know what is important to them you know like we just don't know um and I mean I'm 28 this year so like that's still quite young it's still quite young but I think we're expected to know exactly what we want to do from like such a young age from like school and I what well I was very like focused I wanted to be a dancer 
and I trained in dance and it was amazing and then kind of everything just went downhill physically mentally I wasn't enjoying it anymore I um, ended up like in hospital numerous times from like um, pain that I was experiencing my mental health was really suffering I was having depressive episodes so it wasn't a good time <laughs> so I was kind of like okay my body is telling me this isn't for me and like that was hard because that was like the only thing I was like this is what I'm doing and that's it and now I'm like oh my god what now <laughs> so yeah so that's scary so then I sort of pivoted into the fitness side of things and then I am where I am now but um so I wouldn't necessarily say that I've always had that awareness of wanting to help people but it's definitely always been there isn't it so interesting how it almost takes for us to hit rock bottom to do all this self-discovery? It's like you Every go through the time. worst. <laughs> Every time. Like, I feel like all of this personal development, people start it because they're just tired of their own shit. Yeah, they're <laughs> Basically. exhausted, like mentally, physically. And I think it takes almost like that rock bottom point of, I am so deeply unhappy. I got to figure it out. <laughs> 100% and that was me you know I got to the point where I was having anxiety attacks every day I didn't want to leave the house I was feeling so depressed nothing brought me joy like physically I was in so much pain and had no answers so I was like okay something needs to change or nothing will change and I was like there is no way I can go on living like this because like you said it's exhausting and so what age was it that you finally had this like epiphany of this is not how I want to live my life Mm, do you know what it was maybe how old was I I think I was around 23 so like four five years ago so not like a load of time in the scheme of things but I feel like once you begin on this journey you kind of like it just happens very quickly <laughs> once you open yourself to it it feels like you definitely kind of like open yourself to it all very quickly and um it's all very exciting so you want to know as much as you can and all those kind of things but I think working on yourself is a lifelong thing anyway so I always say to people like what's the rush what's the rush we're here for a long time so like just take it day by day and just see how you're feeling and yeah but don't you feel like when you do finally have that moment you start to work on yourself like you said you opened up all this and, you know, it was inspiring and exciting, but it's also kind of like you opened up a can of worms because you're like, oh, that's why I behave that way. That's yeah. why I feel that way. And then you're like, who am I? <laughs> no, literally, like, I swear, everyone that I work with and definitely me and a lot of my friends that are in the industry as well or just into personal development, they're kind of like, wow, this is exciting and shiny. And then it's like, oh my God, nothing makes sense. And, you know, all these sort of revelations and you know really kind of working with the shadow side of yourself not just the shiny side you know and it's like people don't share that about their journey they just share like wow I'm enlightened I've had all these social media. exactly and it's like really because I'm lying on the bathroom floor in floods of tears so <laughs> when can I get to that part and you know it's and I like what I figured is okay if I'm in the mindset of, okay, when do I get to that bit? When do I get to that bit? When am I healed? Like, it's just pushing it further away. It's not actually going to be here. So I think although there are like seriously difficult and challenging times on a personal development journey, you have to kind of be okay with where you are on that journey and lean into like radical self-acceptance in all versions of your messy, you know, journey to get where you're going and it's not a destination it is a process oh I love the way that you worded that it, it's so true I I remember like looking at my therapist and being like when's it gonna make sense or when am I gonna stop finding out things about myself and I was like <laughs> when will I be healed and she's like Anastasia like that's not how it works you know this is a journey and I'm like I'm sick of finding stuff out <laughs> I was like exhausted I was like I'm over it and she's like um I don't think so <laughs> that is so true though like I always say as a joke to my friends I'm like I wish I wasn't so self-aware yeah because it's to the point where I'm like painfully self-aware that nothing is just like 
oh okay that just meant nothing like you're like okay like so introspective like okay how like what does that mean what does that mean about me maybe that relates to something else like and it's like can I just have just a thought <laughs> and not have to analyze it yeah so like does unlock this like hyper self-awareness which is both a blessing and a curse I believe (laughs) it is and I'll say um in the long run sure like wearing rose-colored glasses looking at everything through this like ignorance is bliss perspective could be temporarily ideal but in the long run it always comes full circle it always comes back to you and as much as you suppress anything as much much as you ignore something eventually it's going to catch up. So that's what I remind myself when I like go through these transitional periods and I'm like doing all the work. I'm like, it will make sense one day. Like keep at it, girl. You've got this. (laughs) Exactly. And you just got to have those little pep talks. Like, but that's so, so true. Like it's not healthy mentally or physically to suppress all of this stuff. Like it will come out one way or another. (laughs) It will come out. So I feel like it's better to understand it and be aware of it. Yeah. But you know what? You don't know what you don't know. Uh, so you were like, you said you were like 23 or something. And so you finally start figuring all this out. Um, will you walk me through that process? What like, so you hit your rock bottom. I'm super mm. unhappy. What was your next step? If you God, can remember. <laughs> I, I know it feels like literally a different lifetime ago. You're a different think- person. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. And I feel like we're always going through different versions of ourselves. But so I think what I did was I was on Instagram anyway, but I just like was sharing about it on my Instagram. And then I got approached by a couple of different coaches that kind of reached out and they were like, I'm really sorry you're feeling this way. Like, I'd love to offer you a free session. So like that was so kind um and I did you know a couple of free sessions with people and then I did um like a couple of different programs and things like that that were just opening me to this world because it was all very new to me so I did that um I also did uh therapy as well which really helped me for sure um like I just wish there wasn't a taboo around therapy like I I would go to therapy like everyone will benefit from it I say all the time I'm like people are like well who do you think needs therapy I'm like everyone every single person needs therapy it will literally not hurt you like everyone needs therapy and they need to understand their thoughts and their feelings and talk to someone who is unbiased 100% and I feel like it's just such a like great place to be able to like sort of move through and like unpack and dissect different thoughts and habits and you know patterns and beliefs and all these different things in a place where you're not judged you're not you know feeling bad about yourself you've got that support you've got that encouragement so for me that was like the start of it and then I started to like go more on my own so doing like meditation and moving my body and journaling. And um, then I sort of got into spirituality. So things like angel cards and um, all these different sort of things, using crystals. I read like all the books, listened to all the podcasts. You put in the work. (laughs) I did all the things, literally. And, you know, like it was a very intense period. And I feel like now I'm a bit further into that journey I recognized with myself that that was maybe like a little bit obsessive (laughs) like so I was kind of using that to almost like mask the feelings whereas now I'm very much more like leaning into certain things and rather than being like right how can I fix this how can I heal this which crystal will work for me I'm like okay let's just feel into it feel into the discomfort and like just be here with this for a moment rather than just quickly trying to get onto the next thing I totally relate to that. I'm like an all-in person. And when I first started therapy, it was like, okay, well now I'm going to journal. I'm going to go to yoga and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, and I was just like all in and I'm, I'm still very much so trying to um, use those coping mechanisms. But like you said, feel the feelings as well versus like, I am only on a road of (laughs) self-development. Yeah, absolutely. So true. So true. Because like, there are going to be times where you kind of just can't be bothered and it's too much and it's too intense and that is totally okay I think it's important as well that we don't kind of like re-trigger ourselves or re-traumatize ourselves with certain things so it's really just 
like listening to yourself, to your intuition with the pace at what you're going and knowing that if there's lots of things happening with a certain thing, there's a reason for that. Like, don't just push up to the side and ignore it. Be like, okay. There's always. Curious about this. So that's the best way that I found to approach certain things that come up for both me and my clients. Using curiosity as a tool, rather than, like I was saying, being super like analytical and being like, okay, what is this? Because I think with that comes certain sort of levels of like judgment or, you know, something like that. But if we're curious it's kind of neutral it's like okay you know like oh why do I feel like that that's interesting (laughs) rather than like oh why am I feeling like this again I thought I healed this I thought I got over that you know (laughs) so relatable oh my gosh you just like (laughs) described my inner mean girl (laughs) yeah I I have a question um so I definitely want to like transition into how you got into be a confidence coach but I am curious because I get asked this a lot. So you mentioned like therapy is very taboo. Um, It's not talked about as much as it should be. So first question, how did you go about finding therapy? And just like diving into that, like, was it like a friend who told you you should try this? Or were you just like, oh, I heard this on a podcast and (laughs) I should give it a try. So I've been kind of like, I've had a lot of experience with therapy, okay? (laughs) So like when I was quite young, when my parents got divorced, I had therapy then. Um, I had therapy when I was at university. So when I was like 19 Um, and then on and off basically for the last few years, like several years. So I feel like it's something that's always just been really normalized in my life, but I totally get that it's not for everyone. Like it's not normalized for everyone. So for me, I initially, when I was at university, I literally just went to, you know, whatever it was, the people you talk to, I can't remember what they're called, and say, look, I'm struggling with this, like, can I have help? And they, like, you know, gave me a talking therapist. So there was that. So it's basically just having the courage to, like, ask for help. And, like, whether that is your doctor, your GP, a friend, you know, if you're a bit younger, a teacher, anything like that. So for my other sort of, you know, times in therapy, it's been mainly through um, the NHS in England. So we obviously don't have to pay here. <laughs> um, come on, girl. Come on. You're hurting me. <laughs> Every one of my listeners is going to be like, unsubscribe. <laughs> um, yeah. So I basically phoned up my GP and I was explaining how I was feeling Um, and I was referred to therapy within the NHS there was a long wait which wasn't ideal but yeah um, that's the I guess the downside of not having to pay you have to wait a long time okay that's fair (laughs) yeah Um, and then other times that I'd been I literally just googled like therapy near me like it doesn't need to be anything fancy (laughs) I am depressed (laughs) I need therapy (laughs) do you know what I mean like don't it doesn't there's no like magical way and sometimes you may try two three four therapists and they're just not right and that's okay like it doesn't mean that you're wrong or whatever it just means that you're not quite a fit and that's totally okay it's absolutely fine um yeah I I didn't grow up knowing therapy was a thing like Mm. literally I I mean, I always heard the word, but it was not something that was talked about in my family, in my circles. Like I didn't know anyone who went to therapy and I was, it wasn't until I was 27 years old, I hit my rock bottom and I was talking to a friend and she's like, you know, I've talked to somebody about these things. And I was like, you can do that. And she's like, I'm going to give you my office's number and maybe, you know, give it a try. And I was like, oh, I I was just so confused. And then even when I first got into therapy, I was like very like hesitant to like open up. And the first time I cried, I felt so much shame. I was like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, why are you apologizing? And then now it's been, you know, three years almost. And I'm like, okay, so here's the thing. I'm going to stop in about two seconds. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 100%. And I think there is that, you know, if you've never been to therapy before or been in a space that is that kind of, you know, environment, it's going to feel so 
uncomfortable and awkward and weird and you're probably gonna cry like okay just accept you're probably going to cry they see that all the time Mm -hmm. like it is not anything to be ashamed of and if you don't cry that's also okay that's also nothing to be ashamed of um you know if you're really unsure you can go to them and be like I have no idea what I'm supposed to say like can you guide me a little bit you know and they're there to help you they want to help you so I think that's the best thing like I could advise someone that's thinking about therapy Okay, so you mentioned that uh, kind of like the self-discovery, the therapy, everything is kind of what transitioned you into obviously personal training. But then even further, you said you put personal training also into being like a confidence coach. Um, So how did you get into that? So you mentioned that you weren't quite there for the weighing of people and focusing on the scale. Um, Mm. And you mentioned that people would talk to you about these things. Now, did you gauge those conversations or would they just open up to you and you were like oh light bulb yeah I think you know during the sessions people would just sort of like tell me things you know like when you go to the hairdressers or a salon and you just tell them everything and they're literally like your free therapist that's like the dynamic it was so they would just kind of talk to me about whether it was like boy troubles or money stuff or confidence or weight or whatever it was they would just kind of like talk to me about it and I would be that like listening ear and I would you know I would give them my advice my opinion like if they wanted it not sort of unsolicited um and this kind of kept happening more and more and I was finding like I'm really enjoying this I'm loving supporting women in this way as well as the movement like this feels so like I can't explain it. It feels so like soul aligned to support them and connect with them on this deeper level. And I just had this moment of like, that's what I'm meant to do. That's why I had to leave dance school. That's why, you know, this happened and that happened, that happened because this is where I'm meant to be now. I love that for you. Oh my God. <laughs> what a like just magical, enlightening mm. feeling to be like, I think I know my purpose. Like I'm so passionate and happy about this. It feels so right for sure and like it's evolved even more since then I do more stuff and you know it's just I think good to always be open to different things that may be part of your purpose because it's not always one thing that is just our purpose right there can be so many different things that make you up and fill you with joy and make you feel so fulfilled but yeah for me that was one of them I was like okay how can I do this properly to actually be able to help them rather than just having a little chit chat in the gym so you know, like I um, looked into it more and then, you know, did some qualifications and courses and made that part of my business. And then because I was naturally just having clients that were PT, a lot of them did sort of transition over. Um, But then I mainly got, you know, clients and reached people that needed that help through my Instagram. So just by sharing, you know, my story, how I kind of evolved and grew and how I built my confidence and all of the things sharing that um I guess resonated with so many people that felt the same and they wanted to go on that journey as well so what does being a confidence coach look like like is it sessions is it kind of like mentoring life coach tell me about that whole process and how you turned that also into a business Mm, yeah so confidence coaching it is like I guess quite niche So it is, I work only with women because I just feel I can relate to them more. That feels like, it just feels more aligned for me. Um, And it's basically, so I have one-to-ones, which is like you said, the sessions. So generally it's like a three month program with me because I feel like you can't just magically in an hour, just be like, okay, I'm confident now. So it is, you know, it's a three month program with me and it's sessions with me in between support, in between sessions. So that's voice notes, emails, messages. Um, We go through kind of like all the foundational stuff. So like uh, their limiting beliefs. So we'll look at those limiting beliefs. We'll look at um, any people pleasing that might be coming up. Um, We will look at boundaries we look at self-care and all of these different elements that make up confidence so like in my opinion and experience confidence is a skill that we can all learn but 
there's certain things that we need to understand about ourselves, about the world, about all different things to be able to feel like genuine inner confidence rather than just like, I put makeup on a nice outfit and I feel confident, but actually when you take it off, you just feel rubbish, (laughs) you know? So it's really for me about the internal confidence that then is going to shine out. It's all about how you feel rather than like the stereotypical confident person that is like loud and bubbly and always a center of attention, you know, like that might come, but that's not necessarily confidence for me. It's this real, like, for me, confidence is this really quiet inner knowing and trust within yourself. So it's helping women to get there. So whether it's through my one-to-one through sessions or through, I have a membership as well called the Confidence Collective. Um, So it's again, different modules that are gonna support their confidence and their growth within their confidence. Um, And yeah, just working with them on that basis to help them on their journey. That is so cool. And you're right, it's super niche in the literal best way. Like. I know so many women who need this and would benefit this from this, like all of us. Uh, I mean, in my, in my, I have a podcast group for passion potential. And it's so funny because we all will like share funny memes and stuff about being people pleasers. <laughs> Cause I feel like we all struggle with being people pleasers. And I don't know what that derives from, but I've noticed it is a big issue. Yeah. And I mean, like that's something that will massively affect your confidence because, and I mean, I say this from a place of like experience. I used to be a professional people pleaser, like (laughs) the queen, (laughs) like honestly. And there's still times it pops up and I have to be like, oh, okay. Like, let's just get that in check. And that's what the awareness is for. Right. But you know, when we are a people pleaser, we can't truly know ourselves and trust ourselves because we're trying to constantly change and be a chameleon for everyone else and do everything for everyone else. So we can't trust ourselves. And without self-trust, it's very difficult to feel confident. So what would you say is like one of the steps or the tips, whatever it may be, advice that you give to someone when they're dealing with that people-pleasing, especially if they're in the early stages of it and they haven't quite gotten to that state of no I'm good like what would you how do you handle that so I would say a great place to start is just bringing awareness to where you people please like is it with a certain person is it at work is it just all the time like where are you people pleasing and something that I always say to my clients is when you say yes to other people you're saying no to yourself yep (laughs) and vice versa if you say no to other people saying yes to yourself so it's just bringing awareness to those situations so like a great example and for some reason everyone always like comes to me with this they're like oh it's a work party and I really don't want to go but I have to go I'm like why do you have to go they're like uh yeah so I'm like okay so you don't want to go so here's like some magical information you can say no and they're like what? (laughs) They're like, are you sure? And I'm like, okay, so I start with a lot of them and practice saying no. Like no can be so powerful because it's, you know, like bringing back our energy. It's calling back our power. Our energy is our currency in life. You know, our time is our currency. It's something that we can't get back, right? You can get money back, you can make money, but you can't get your time and energy back. So I like to think of it as currency. So I say to my clients, okay, imagine you're just, you know, giving out all your energy to everyone willy-nilly. You've got nothing left for yourself. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be drained. You're probably going to be very resentful. So practice saying no. The people pleaser will always say yes to everyone and everything, even if they don't want to do it. If it's like, you know, your friend, you're like, they're like, hey, can you help me move? You're like, okay, yeah. And you have no time and you're so tired and you're sick and you're busy and you don't want to do it. But you say yes, because usually it's a deep rooted belief that you like, you need to be liked. You want everyone to like you. Otherwise you're a bad person. I was just going to say, do you think that this ultimately in a lot of cases stems from this like need of acceptance or love or whatever it may be from other people 100 percent. so like just obviously this is going a bit deeper now but generally 
people pleasers start as parent pleasers. <laughs> yes, I was just going to ask you, <laughs> have you seen a, a similarity of like upbringing and parental stuff that go hand in hand with this? That's so interesting. Yeah, there's, there's so much kind of like psychology and stuff behind it, but definitely if you are, you know, a child or a young person, when our minds are so vulnerable and you feel that you have to gain your parents' love by being a certain way, that's just going to move into your adulthood. That is, yeah, wow, spot on and very powerful. Um, I bet I would say a lot of people probably don't even realize that. First of all, I, I'm not sure people even are aware of how much they people please, let alone like the deep rooted stuff that comes hand in hand with it in their life and in their uh, inner child. Exactly. And like, that's why I say the first thing you need to do is bring your awareness to it. And you can do that by noticing how you feel. So if you're in a certain situation, you're feeling like a bit annoyed at that person or resentful and you're like, I don't know why. Think about, okay, do I feel as though I'm doing stuff that I don't want to do. Because although like often we kind of think, oh, well they, you know, they're making me do this or feel this. It's like, well, actually you're the only one that can decide how you feel, right? So it's not that they're walking over you, it's that you're allowing them to treat you like a doormat, <laughs> you know? So it's bringing the awareness to situations where you're saying yes, when really you want to say no, where you're apologizing for no reason. That's a big one as well. So many women apologize just for existing. And uh. <laughs> that's not their fault because that's what we've been socialized to do. Patriarchal society that we live in, that is what we are socialized to do. Apologize for existing, for taking up space, right? So this all kind of comes back into this people pleaser um, archetype. And it is obviously, I do predominantly work with women, but it is, a, I would say a bigger issue when it comes to women because we've been socialized and taught to be the nurturer, the caretaker, the mother, you know, the martyr, look after everyone else before yourself. And this is where that people pleasing kind of like really takes root in all of that as well. So it's not just a simple thing. There's so many layers to it. So when you are doing your um, confidence sessions or the process, is it a lot of talking or do you also give like steps of like, I want you to do complete this action this week or whatever it is, or is it really just like, almost like a therapy session where you just remind them of the importance of feelings and thoughts, et cetera. No, it's both. Mm -hmm. It's definitely both. Um, I feel like talking is amazing and so powerful, but so is aligned action. Like doing something to implement what you've learned and integrating it into your life is so crucial. Like you can listen to like loads of podcasts, but if you're not taking a piece of information and applying it to your life, it's not going to have the benefit you want. The same as if you, you know, if someone did coaching sessions with me and they just like talk and they just have their session and then they don't go and do the things I encourage them to do. It's probably not going to feel as like transformative as it could be is if they actually applied what they're, what they're learning. So it's definitely both. I always like give my clients like homework yes. <laughs> um, and like, they always kind of like giggle. I'm like, no, but really you have homework <laughs> because it helps them, right? It helps them, it helps them go deeper. It helps them reflect on it by themselves, which can also be powerful because I'm there to hold them accountable, but I don't want to create a codependency. Oh, so you also have to kind of put into place your own boundaries. 100%. Oh, that would yeah. be hard, especially as someone who loves to help people. I could see how challenging that would be to like separate your feelings towards their growth and um, just getting overly involved. Oh man, yeah. how do you work through that? So that was a big thing for me. And it was definitely like a learn on the job kind of thing. <laughs> and something that like, you know, I've made mistakes with, it's trial and error. And now I feel like in a really positive place with that. But people pleasing and boundaries just go hand in hand because if you are kind of a people pleaser naturally 
And it's going to feel a lot more difficult to set those boundaries because you don't want to upset people because you don't want them to not like you, etc. So for me, it was really kind of um, focusing into my energy before my sessions. I would just tune into my own energy, recognize what is mine. And then afterwards, like after that session, I would kind of cleanse my energy. So whether that is through a little meditation or just some breathing or journaling or even just using crystals um, so I can recognize what is my energy and what is their energy? So I'm not then absorbing their energy, right? So ensuring that I'm not taking their stuff because the, like when I started doing this, I was kind of like, God, this is like exhausting. <laughs> I was like, this is, like, I love them so much, but because I want to help them so much, I just became like way too invested in their energy. And I was just absorbing too much of it. So I was feeling as though, I was experiencing those things and that's not sustainable and it's not helpful for them. So me having boundaries with my clients is so loving towards them because I can fully show up for them and hold space for them. And wouldn't you say that um, that goes into other relationships in life as well? I think that's one hard thing to learn is that boundaries are actually out of love and out of care it's not hatred it's not um being selfish it is because you care about that person and that is something I worked through hard with my therapist because I'm a fixer I want to fix and if someone's sad I want to fix it and and I'm an oldest sister so I would be like anytime my siblings were upset I wanted to fix it make them feel better and then of course as an adult I'm over here just making all relationships in my life so unhealthy because the boundaries are just not there. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like that goes into multiple relationships. Absolutely. And you hit it, you know, on the head there, boundaries come from a place of love. Like you wouldn't bother to set boundaries with someone you didn't really care about. You know, boundaries to me, it's like, I want you in my life. This is like, for us to have that relationship, this is what needs to happen, but I really want you in my life, you know, and there can be general boundaries that we have with other people, you know, for example, like um, my DMs on Instagram, I have boundaries with like now, I haven't always had them, now, <laughs> something I've worked on a lot, I like if something is obviously just copied and pasted and they're trying to sell me something just completely cold pitch, I don't even reply. Same. I don't even reply because it's a waste of my energy. I used really? to be like, hey, thank you so much. And I'm like, what? No, that's a waste of time. Like just, I just delete it now. You know, the same for people coming into my DMs that are committed to misunderstanding me. Ooh. I don't waste my time on it because it's not my job to change their mind. It's not my job to be the version of them they want me to be or that they think I am. So the boundaries there, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm not here for that. And it might sound really harsh, <laughs> but. So I'm curious, um, you obviously went through all this self-growth. You, you said it yourself, like, I'm not even the same woman. Did you have personal situations and personal relationships where you had to have that same mindset of they do not understand me. They don't care to understand me. And what did that look like? Mm. So I... I've been married for four years. Oh, congrats. And thanks. <laughs> but he is like, we were together when we were very young, like in school, like 16. So we have, like, it could have been very easy the case that we grew apart because I like turned into a different person. <laughs> or what has happened, which I'm so grateful for, is we've kind of grown together, which is so nice and like so wholesome for me. And I'm so grateful to have such a supportive partner. Um, and that's not the case for everyone. And although that is really hard and really challenging, like if that is your path, it's just, again, learning to just have radical acceptance for that and lean into that. And, you know, there will be certain friendships or relationships or even family members that don't get what you're doing. And that's okay. Like something that I've been really saying to myself at the moment is it's okay if they don't understand, like, and that's with anything. If you have a hobby and people are like, that's weird. Like, I don't get that. Or, you know, if it's a business or a way of being or anything like that, it's like, it's okay if they don't get it because I get it. 
right? That's fine. Like period. Exactly. And I'm passionate about it. So that is okay. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've actually been very lucky in the sense that there isn't like loads of, I guess, like tension or anything that I've had with friendships or anything. I would like, there's nothing coming to mind where I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I had a big bust up and I lost that person, like nothing coming to mind. So hopefully that's just like a testament to show you can grow and still like nourish the relationships that you do have rather than like cut them all off. Because I think there is, uh, it's, it's quite, I guess, popular to set really firm boundaries and cut everyone off. And it's like, okay, that's great. And you're on your journey, but is that what you actually want? Does that feel good? Like, where can we find or meet in the middle and still both honor ourselves and our own boundaries, but still like nourish our relationship? So for me, I feel very lucky that I haven't lost people or, and don't get me wrong, there's been times where I've had like friction with family members or, you know, things like that. But now I'm in a space where like all of my relationships are so healthy and so loving. Oh, that's so wonderful. And I do think that um, you mentioned that sometimes you'll have such strict boundaries that you almost have to, you feel like you have to cut everyone off. I almost feel like that also can come from a place of being defensive. Cause oh yeah, like I've done all this change and I've done all this work and no one's gonna understand me. So I'm gonna cut them off before they have the chance to hurt me. And- Exactly. And like, just being really real, really honest. Like for me, at the beginning of my journey, because I hadn't done all the deeper stuff, I was like, oh, well, I'm better than them because they're not doing it. And like, this is calling myself out, but I imagine so many people are the same. I love the brutal honesty. <laughs> you will always find brutal honesty with me, you know? <laughs> but you know, it's, you know, that's how I felt. And now I recognize that and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, we, we were still like moving through that. And you know, that's okay, but just because you do this work doesn't make you better than anyone else or, you know, or worse than anyone else or anything in between. But it was, yeah, exactly like you say, I was very much like, okay, well, you don't get it. So you're gone and you're gone and you're gone. It's like, okay, well, you're going to end up on your own. And that doesn't feel like super happy. <laughs> so I did the same. I like went through my like, I'm self-awakening, we'll call it. And the next thing you know, I had no friends and I was like, oh no looking hindsight, I probably was being a little defensive rather than explaining myself. I was just like, I'm going to be a loner for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's like, maybe yeah. if I had a talk, I could have given people an opportunity to understand me, but I don't even know if I gave that. Yeah, exactly. And I think you're definitely not alone in that. I think probably so many people have done the same or like feel the same. Um, but yeah. So what would you say is get kind of like pivoting back to your business and being a confidence coach and transitioning out of only being a personal trainer, what was your biggest challenge? Was it that pivot of I'm not doing, focusing just on size and weight, or was it the actual launch of being a confidence coach? Like, did people understand what your mission was with that? Mm, I mean, it's definitely, like you said, it's something that's quite niche and it's not something that everyone has heard of. You know, not a lot of people have heard of coaching. So it is, first of all, like getting people to understand what coaching is and then like explaining to them how that can help them. I'm so sorry. My dog is going crazy with it. <laughs> sorry. Mimosa, my cat, was not supposed to be up here for this. He somehow got the door open. So here we are. <laughs> I'm just going to pop him out the room. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Where are we talking about? So I said your challenges. So a big one was people not really knowing what a confidence coach was. So it's first of all explaining like what it is, how it can help them. And for me, like personally, I love being informed about things. What something is, I wanna know all the details. I wanna understand it. So for me, that was really important to help people understand and be super informed about what it was. Um, but to be honest, the probably the biggest challenge was like my personal mindset. Mm. And I think that's the same for so many business owners, whatever business and industry you're in, it's kind of like the imposter syndrome and like limiting beliefs resurfacing, new beliefs popping up, being like, oh, maybe I'm just rubbish at this and I should just never do this and I should just give it all up. So it was the hardest part was probably challenging 
all those thoughts and continuing to do the work that I'm teaching whilst I'm doing it and not feeling like an imposter. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> right. You know, so, and it's really important for me that I am a, you know, like a good role model for what I am teaching. It's important to me that I do practice what I preach rather than just, you know, telling people to do these things and then just doing the opposite. <laughs> that doesn't fit like authenticity is super important to me. So it's, important that I had that integrity within myself and within my business. What advice would you give to someone who is experiencing imposter syndrome? Because I hear it so much, especially being in the creative industry, photographers, Mm. artists, I hear it all. And that's probably because I'm also surrounded by those people, but I hear it all the time. Yeah. And it is something that massively affects women as well more so than men imposter syndrome more so affects women so I would say to really look at those um like your limiting beliefs understand where it's coming from understand okay is this coming from something that someone said to me when I was young is it coming from you know is it a symptom of being in a patriarchal society is it a symptom of um okay actually maybe this is a sign that I need to just learn a bit more you know maybe there maybe this is information maybe I feel like okay do you know what I want to learn more about that because then I feel more um confident in myself so you can look at it kind of different ways just first of all I'd say sit with that emotion the imposter syndrome how does that show up for you so does it show up in the sense that um it's stopping me from doing things or is it just got me questioning all the time does it like ramp up the volume of my inner mean girl does it you know right so how is it showing up how is it manifesting for you and if it's a business that you're running how is it manifesting in your business and then how can we like address that and problem solve that so rather than just being like oh I have imposter syndrome oh well I'm just carrying on like that's not (laughs) yeah like awareness is great but awareness is nothing if you don't do something with that information you must yeah so bringing the awareness understanding where it's coming from so journaling even like meditation um therapy (laughs) you know like everything (laughs) I, I can't just not say it you know or coaching whatever it is to kind of help yourself understand that more and then like a real practical tool that I like to give my clients is write a list of all the things you're amazing at like write a list of all the things you're amazing at that you love doing that you're proud of yourself for like write this list of like all the epic shit about you because then you can go back so when your brain's going oh you're not really good enough to do that like who are you to tell them that you go to your list and you say well I did that and I do that and like I achieved that so I can totally do that. Yeah. So it's basically like counteracting that little inner mean girl by physical things you can look at. (laughs) Literally like, okay, here's my list. And you can look at it. So it's finding evidence to prove that little imposter syndrome voice wrong. I used to have a literal massive cork board and on it, you know, I'd put like little inspirational things, but in one section of it, I would put reviews and all my thank you cards that I received from clients to try and help combat that imposter syndrome because I, you know, you get in your head and, and I was still like, not super early on in my career, but young, I was a young female. And so I, I was like, I have to like physically see this every day to remind myself that you have tackled every job. You have happy customers. Like you are not whatever this voice in your head is saying, look at the reviews, look at the clerk board. And I remember it was actually really helpful. Like you said, to have that tangible thing. That was just a reminder of, no, you're not worthless. You're not terrible. You're good. You're a bad bitch. You got this. (laughs) Yeah. And like, literally I will give myself little pep talks. Like I'll be like, you got this, you can do this. It's okay. Like you know this, you have the knowledge here, let's go. And just give myself like those little pep talks. And like, so often my husband's like, who are you talking to? I'm like, no one, <laughs> just myself. Business. <laughs> yeah, business. Nothing to see here. Exactly. I listen to, this, um, I listen to this podcast episode actually, where she talks about giving yourself pep talks. And it's interesting because it wasn't in what you usually hear, which is like, start your day with affirmations, start with journaling. Hers was like, an action. She said, start every single day by high-fiving yourself in the mirror. 
And I was mm. like, what? No, wait, what? And then she went on to explain it and explain like the psychology behind it. And essentially she's saying, we social, like we've been doing high fives since we were babies and every sport, every, if you're proud of a friend, she's like, our reaction is to give a high five. And she's like, start your days off by looking in the mirror and giving yourself a high five and being like, you are capable of this. And I believe in you the same way I would high five someone else and believe in them. I was like, yeah. that's so cool. Like I never would have thought of that. I always like, I buy the affirmation books and I would try the quotes and the journaling and all those things are wonderful. But that was an interesting take on it. I was like, huh, I might give that a go. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that for sure. How fun is that? Um, all right. So you have had such a journey. So you pivoted careers. You wanted to be a dancer, decided cannot. Then you went into personal training. You switched over to confidence coaching. What does your life look like now? Are, are you full-time in confidence coaching and personal training? So I'm quite at the moment through kind of a bit of choice through wanting to. So at the moment, I'm really personally focusing on leaning into like slow living. Ooh. So really um, just like feeling grateful for things, leaning into things that bring me joy. Um I guess you could say like recovering from hustle culture. I was just going to say, did you used to have a problem with needing to be busy? Oh yeah, 100%. Like my productivity was absolutely tied to my self-worth. And that's something that I also help people with now. But so like, yeah, I would say I'm in like hustle culture recovery. <laughs> so I'm working, I'm working with clients, I have my membership. Um, I have Pilates clients as well. And I love that and it's something I still want to grow and also bringing these other elements into my life that just feel so joyful and so wholesome um, so that I'm not just making my entire identity my business. Ooh. I've noticed whenever people ask me to talk about myself, like introduce myself, I just immediately go to business. Yeah. And then they're like, no, what about you? And I'm like, I am business. <laughs> like, yeah. like, what do you mean? What? And I've been actually working on that as well. Mm, and I love that and I think it's so difficult as well where you are basically a personal brand like you are the business mm -hmm. so you can't always just step back and be like oh, okay like because you are the business like you're the coach you're the photographer whatever you know and it's like okay so I need to not make this my entire identity because when we do that we tie so much self-worth to that one thing and we never want to tie our worth to something that can be taken away at any moment oh goodness and I didn't even think of it that way that's so good the, pan the pandemic was a perfect example of that yes oh my goodness I've never thought of it that way because absolutely I mean when the pandemic hit and I didn't know if I was going to get to be a wedding photographer anymore I was like oh my gosh who am I yeah exactly and I like that's personally why I had such a like identity crisis I was like oh my god who am I now that I'm not working because obviously I couldn't work in the gyms at this point I've hadn't fully transitioned to coaching either I was just starting that pivot so it was like oh okay so that's why I think it's so important to not just tie our worth to you know especially as entrepreneurs because they like our businesses are our baby we can't just tie our entire worth to that Thing. it's so important to have like worth in ourselves outside of that so would you say that if someone needed to work through that and they needed to focus more on their worth not through just their business would it be like their values their personality yeah. like what would that be mm. so always like coming back to values is so so powerful and I think it's something that we should do regularly because especially if you are on this journey of personal development you are shifting and changing and growing so much it's always really like great to come back to those core values and just remind yourself, okay, what is actually important to me? Not what I think is, not what should be. And like, this is something that I've been personally working on a lot lately and realizing, okay, maybe I don't want the gigantic coaching empire that everyone is kind of pushing on Instagram. I'm like, okay, do you know what? That actually wouldn't make me happy. Like that would not fulfill me. I, I just know it wouldn't my like how I am my lifestyle my needs like that's just not something that feels aligned with me and that was like a really big realization for me because I was like oh okay so 
what is important to me, what does matter. But so how just do you finding... figure that out? I think so many people they'll say, like I'll try and talk to them through it, and they and they they'll respond with, "Well, I don't know what would make me happy." Mm. So <laughs> time to like try like to find out what makes us happy. We have to try things. Yes, we have to try things. You know, like that's how we figure out what our favorite food is and what our favorite film is and what our favorite movie is and all these different things because we watch you know a hundred movies and one of them is like this is the one or we try like loads of different cuisines and like this one is our favorite so it's trying different things and not placing so much importance on being good at it oh that is so spot on Mm, you don't need to be good at something for it to make you happy you don't need to excel and become an expert in everything for me personally it's like I don't have to turn everything into a business (laughs) I don't know if that's like all entrepreneurs or if that's like an ADHD thing or what opportunity and we're like season I do the same thing every like I just got a cricket in December and I told myself you will not use this as a business you can use it for your business but it will not be a business because you have enough (laughs) Exactly. So it's like, okay, just separating that and just doing stuff for the sake of doing it. So really, this is like, this is almost like inner child work, like going back to what brings you joy, what is fun, like, as a child, what did you do? Did you like run around outside and climb trees? Maybe you want to get into nature more now? Were you really like, arts and craft like crafty and you love like making things and sticking popsicle sticks together like okay how can you create art so like drawing on those memories of what you loved when you were a child and seeing if that still brings you joy I absolutely love love that like go back to the the things that make made you so happy before life got so serious oh that's so good yeah exactly and so this kind of segues into um my the biggest question I try and ask all my guests, what, so obviously we know your passions. You love helping people. You are a passionate person, multi-passionate, I would say, which is awesome. Um, that isn't it such a wonderful feeling to, to be like so many things bring me joy and I'm so passionate, but what is your advice for someone who says, I don't have a passion? Mm. I think a lot I do I do as well you know and I think as an adult it's difficult to like I I talk about my friends a lot with this about like hobbies you know like I feel like often as adults we don't have hobbies we do stuff that makes us money whether that is your job or a business or career whatever it is and then we kind of don't (laughs) so it's like we watch Netflix or we um I don't know, we exercise, we work out, we cook dinner. We like, we don't necessarily do stuff that is just for the pure sake of doing stuff. So like for me, I would say to like figure out what your passion is. Same as what I was saying a minute ago, you need to try stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you need to, I don't know, have a guitar lesson or go to an art class or go to a martial art class or read or try writing or try you know like hiking or try everything like think about just maybe like here's something really tangible that you can do get a piece of paper sit down write down all the things that you've ever been remotely interested in so it could be like okay I used to really like gaming. Oh, I really used to enjoy writing little short stories or poetry. I um, I really love being outdoors. So just writing all the things that you enjoy or ever have had an interest in. Like maybe you're someone that's like, I really want to do yoga. And you're like, said it to yourself every January, I'm going to do yoga this year. And it never happens. Like put it on your list. And literally work through the list and just try everything on there. Oh, I love that. And and I think to kind of go back to what you said a minute ago, try things without the intention of being good at them. I tell people all the time because they're like, oh my God, like you're so good at art. And I'm like, I want you to know I was not good at art. <laughs> like I've never been taught art. I just found out that I liked to do it and I did it a lot. 
And then over time I got better at it. And I still don't think anyone can even be bad at art. It's subjective, first of all. But second of all, I don't care if you're quote good, quote bad. If you want to do art, do art, paint, draw, do whatever you want to do. If you think it would bring you some joy and then maybe it can turn into a passion, like you said. Exactly. Like I, I always sort of say to people, and I mean, everyone does this. And if you don't do this, if you say you don't know this, you're a liar. Singing in your car, like windows down, driving along, like your favorite song, full blast, like singing so badly to that song. That like is something that brings me so much joy. I'm not good at it. I'm not going to get a record deal, you know, but your intention doesn't have to be that. It just is in this moment. This feels so good, you know, and it doesn't have to look good. It doesn't have to, you know, look good from the outside or be perfect because perfect doesn't exist Mm -hmm. it just has to feel good like does this light you up does this make you like excited does this make you look forward to it you know Um, that's funny that you bring up the singing thing um it just sparked a memory I completely forgot about my mom always said a singing child is a happy child oh it's funny because I think to kind of go hand in hand children aren't focused quite so much at being good at things they're just walking around the house in the yard singing because they like it yeah exactly and it's only you know when we grow up and we have the I guess the pressure of like expectations and we have judgment from other people and we get nervous that people are gonna think we're weird or different that we kind of um I guess like censor ourselves and we don't allow ourselves to be silly and have fun and be bad at stuff you know but it's like that's where all the fun stuff is you know so just I would say just lean into that try all the things and you might just find something that you really love and also you don't have to find just one thing like you can find lots of different things and I yeah and just allow yourself to experience unapologetic joy just yes oh yeah some joy doesn't that sound lovely like wholesome joy wow that sounds good I want that you know yeah it just sounds like sunshine it does it so does yeah (laughs) all right so I'm gonna leave off on one last question I'm just curious um what does this year look like for you do you have any goals or something that you really have it's like a milestone that you think that you're actively working towards and might inspire someone Mm. So for me, I mentioned earlier, but this year I'm really focusing on like doing what feels good for me. So finding joy in the really small things, also focusing on like tuning out external noise. So really just like heightening my intuition, tuning out external noise to really figure out like what feels good. So that is quite, I guess, like an elusive, ambiguous sort of goal or intention, but that is like the energy that I'm leaning into for this year. Um, And just really like channeling all the energy I channel into other people into myself. I love that though. I mean, it's like a, it is a goal that is going to translate into so many areas of your life. And I I love that it's a intentional and kind of like a mindset goal. Yeah, 100%. I love it. Well, Georgia, this was incredible I you gave so much insight and inspiration and I know everyone of my listeners is just going to soak this up especially because we spent a good portion talking about people pleasing (laughs) and and I just know they're going to be like oh I love that but so that being said uh thank you so much for being on the podcast if you want to go ahead and give like all your info like your handle and your podcast that'd be great Yeah, sure. So I'll start with the podcast because I'm pretty sure that I have an episode on people pleasing and like talking through it in depth. So go and listen to that. So my podcast is called The Bad Bitch Collective. Um, It's I think it's like quite a few back. There's a lot of episodes on there. So go and listen to that. There's loads of episodes talking about a range of different things, confidence, self-worth, boundaries, people pleasing, mental health, all the things. Um, So go and listen to that. Give that a little follow. I mainly hang out on Instagram. So that is Georgia Holiday underscore. Um, on Instagram, I share 
loads of different things again on there as well being like a multi-passionate human it's very difficult to like niche down so I share lots of different things but a lot of confidence stuff a lot of um mental health and chronic illness stuff because I live with a mental illness and a chronic illness so I share a lot about that as well I do a lot of advocacy for things like feminism and racism and LGBTQ plus issues all the kind of things um and then if you want to look at working with me more, you can head to my website, but all of the links are in the bio of my Instagram. So that's probably the best way to go. Just go to the Instagram and you can find it all there. Perfect. And I'll be sure to link your Instagram in the show notes as well. It's just one Perfect. quick little easy spot for everyone to access. Amazing. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Georgia. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so nice chatting with you. Wow, what a good talk with Georgia. I feel like Georgia just speaks so peacefully. I just want to take in every single thing she says. (laughs) She's just so like eloquent in the way she words her passions and her feelings. I'm like, that's so true. (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed this episode and took something from it. Definitely go check out Georgia. Um, If you liked this episode, please share it. Uh, with a friend, share it on social media, tag me in it so I know you listened. You can find me on Instagram at Aristasia, A-R-A-S-T-A-S-I-A. My Facebook group is Passion and Potential. Just type that in and it should come up. And then if you're on Apple, I would love if you'd leave me an iTunes written review. It helps grow the podcast and I'm really, really, really trying to just grow this message of helping people find their passions and embrace their full potential within. So thank you for listening and until next time, my friends.